You have killed your spouse. You need to get rid of the body. You dispose of it in plain sight and report your spouse missing. Police never notice the disposal site. Almost 40 years pass and your crime is eventually revealed. Your defence at trial is to suggest suicide by your spouse or perhaps a mass murderer abducted them and disposed of the body on your property. This is the case of Brenda Venables and this is Murder Me on Monday. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Murder Me Monday podcast. I'm Cameron and joined with me is Mother. Hello. We narrowly survived the heat wave. It's back again. That, yeah, it's hot. <laughs> it, the weather cooled down for the, the, the remaining part of the week and then when we're stuck in the room again with the computer, with the window closed and no fan, it gets hot again. Yeah. I'm getting sticky. No, it's not nice, but it's not as bad as some of the places like Texas and that. They're really struggling. They still have got air conditioning. True. I've got wet towels to lay on. <laughs> That's not the same thing. We are not the same. Do you want to go on with the case then? Well, episodes 67, 68 and 69 had a theme, as you pointed out, Cameron. Mass shootings. That was completely unintentional. I didn't tend to do it that way. Our last episode, set in Canada, about Candice Fitzpatrick, Rory Hake and the rather vile Adam Strong, led to some discussion between Cameron and I about body disposal and how murderers don't think ahead or they think they will somehow get away with it and the body or bodies will never be found. This led me to thinking, yes, it's dangerous me doing that, and so this week we're going to cover a case that could have remained hidden with no one the wiser what had happened to a person missing for 37 years. It's a British case and the trial has actually only just concluded. I'm a bit funny, but a drag queen managed to wrap someone up like a mummy in a cupboard for like 30 years, yeah. moved house four times and didn't get caught. Mm. How, how hard can it actually be? It does make you wonder, doesn't it? It's not that hard. Mm. I mean, we've done a couple of cases where they've wrapped them up and stuffed them in a cupboard. Apparently, that's the best way of doing it. Well, does make you wonder. I do wonder about the mummification process and how much I shouldn't get into this. How much um, airflow and things like that contribute to there being no smell and how tightly wrapped it is because the putrefaction process will make it sort of expand, <laughs> doesn't it? Getting... And it could, if it's wrapped too tightly, the the thing they're wrapped in could theoretically explode, which would give it away. So. <laughs> Well, there was one that was up in the loft that ended up on the patio, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, And that was tightly wrapped for many, many years as well. So we're getting into areas that are way beyond our... There's a, there's a slight segue from this. Yeah. But, and there's going to be a word coming up later that I'm going to ask you to repeat because I can see on the crib notes. Carry on. Well, I'm going to muller it, am I? Yes, yes you are. Oh, all right. Let me take you to a place called Kempsey in Worcestershire. Think Middle England to the left towards Wales. Kempsey is a small village with a population of about 2,600 people, so it is pretty small. It's a very old community and listed in the Doomsday Book, so it goes back to the Edward the Confessor, when in 1085 the king sent all his agents out to survey, ev survey every shire in England to list his holdings and calculate the taxes that were owed to him. So on the outskirts of this village was Quaking House Farm. Strange name. And it had about 500 acres of land. It's a big place. And a couple of fields over, about 10 minutes away, is the rather large River Severn. In 1982, the farm was lived in by David and Brenda Venables, who had married in June of 1960. He had been 25, she had been 23. 
The land was gifted by David's father as a wedding present and they had this very nice, very large house built for them. Brenda ran a small plant nursery on the site, you know, the kind of thing that you drive past and you go in and get your bedding plants for the summer. And David looked after their piggery as they had no children, but they did have a number of relatives that lived in and around the area. There was a farming company set up in 1945 that's still registered with the UK government. Two directors appeared to be David and probably a brother who was born in 1939. And I believe that there were actually three farms in the area that they ran. So it was a family business and they would go and work on each other's farms and all the rest of it. It's described as David's Piggery, but I think it was owned by the firm. David woke up in the early hours of the 4th of May 1982, which was a Tuesday, a day after a bank holiday, and realised that his wife Brenda was not there at the house. That same day, it's actually 7.30 at night, he reports her as missing to the police. He tells them that she had been depressed after a bout of flu and was worried she'd killed herself, maybe by drowning. David told the police the couple had watched a news report about the Falklands War on the TV and his wife had been playing with the couple's new West Highland Terrier. And he claimed to have last seen his wife of 22 years in bed after she changed into her nightdress. He then said, when I woke the next morning, she wasn't in bed. I went to look and she just disappeared. And he also told the police that the front door and the back door of the house were open to give credence to the story she'd just gotten up and wandered off. Yep. Police get to work. They set up search parties and a helicopter was sent out to check the riverbanks and fields. But nothing was found. No sign of Brenda anywhere. Skip forward to 2014. David had continued living in the farmhouse, but he was getting on in years. He was around about 81 at this time, if he was born in 1932. So he sold the farm to his nephew. He got £647,000 for it and bought a rather smart detached bungalow in a cul-de-sac in the village about a mile from the farm. And he paid £300,000 for that. He also lived very quietly for the next five years in this bungalow. He had a holiday cottage as well in Devon that he used to spend time in. He actually lived so quietly, in fact, that most of his neighbours didn't even know him by sight. He would get into his car, drive off, return and just go into the house. So far as a man who may have murdered his wife, we don't know yet. It could be a plot twist. Could have been some random nutter. He seems to be doing the right thing. He's, he's killed her. He's fucked, well, potentially, we don't know. He's killed her, he's fucked off somewhere else in, in the, within the same village, sure, not too suspicious. And then he's keeping on quiet life. Yeah. He's not, he's not ever having anyone come into his house and do no. weird stuff. No, he doesn't even open the blinds. The neighbours said they never saw the blinds opened in the five years that he lived in that bungalow. So they figured he just spent all his time out the back, as it were. To be fair, people just think that about me in my bedroom, because my window doesn't open. Yeah. So my window's not been opened for the, the five years that we've lived here, or whatever. Yeah. Well, with the heat as well, I'm keeping the blinds downstairs closed all the time. So yeah. we probably look just as weird. That's why I'm dying, because I can't open my bedroom window. <laughs> so he lives quietly, you know, completely innocuous. That is until 2019, when a septic tank was opened at the old farm. Now, I had some rather strange research on this. Septic tanks and cesspits are different. I didn't know that. 
A cesspit is a sealed underground tank that simply collects wastewater and sewage. There's no processing or treatment involved. It's usually underground with a manhole cover and they come up and pump it out every so often. They need to be emptied regularly. The time between empties obviously depends on property, the number of occupants and the size of the tank. It could need doing monthly, quarterly or annual. It just, it depends. In contrast, septic tanks use a simple process which allows treated wastewater to drain away or soak off into a stream, which I'd be going, ooh. There's probably not an insignificant amount of times that those things explode on the ground. (laughs) Well, yeah, if you think about it, the methane gas building up. And stuff happens, Mm. and that explodes. Imagine you're one one of the people that live nearby to that. Shit will rain upon you (laughs) like hellfire. I mean, I've used I've used the term from um, a technical website where it says it's treated, but it's not strictly speaking treated because it's run by the enzymes that come from the products, as it were. You can't put bleach down anything, which ruled me out immediately. I would never live in a house that has um, a septic tank. If you can't put bleach down things, I'm done. I'm out of it. I'm not playing. And what it is, I'm waving my arms around here, and obviously you can't see, but I'm trying to explain it to Cameron. This one at the farm had a central chamber, and it's usually, what they usually are, are made of blocks of brick. And they have two secondary, this one at the farm had a secondary chamber either either side. And stuff, and they're usually filled with like rubble and, and things like that, and stuff just drains off from the main one filters through everything onto the secondary one you still have to pump them though but it drains the water off over time that makes sense yeah and i worry about the water courses but the laws just changed well it changed i think 2015 and it's got to be by 2020 that you can't allow any of this stuff to drain into the rivers anymore which is a blessing i didn't even know that you could let these things technically drain off into rivers Now, these tanks have a lifespan. They stop working as it gets blocked up, I said, imagine. They don't drain off anymore. And it used to be common for a new tank to be dug at a slightly higher level. And they basically daisy-chained off the old one. So they didn't take the old one out, and its stuff would still run into it, but it then feed off into the new tank. It was essentially like a vessel that would hold more fluid liquid yeah. stuff and then drain off into the one that's actually doing the thing yeah, yeah. and then like, it drains again, off into the land makes sense i'm learning a lot about septic tanks now in our first episode with helen bailey ian stewart managed to get away with not telling the police the full truth that the septic tank in the garage and it was a septic tank it wasn't a cesspit so it wasn't a sealed unit where helen and boris's body were found was the old tank he showed them the new tank and it was only that neighbour wandering past that let the police knew, no, actually there's another one from, you know, years ago that meant he got caught because they didn't know it was there. If I'm honest, I would have used those two terms interchangeably. Yeah, I would I have done. Have known. Is, it, is it a bit like suppressor and silencer, by any chance? <laughs> yes. But, yeah. yeah, but I ended up with some strange uh, research. Well, actually, no, to be fair, a suppressor and a silencer are the same things, just a terminology, but septic tank and cesspit are two different things. So it is actually a bit different. Mm. But yeah, I'm learning a lot about septic tanks and cesspits here. Well, the cost of them is about 1500 quid for a new tank. That's less than I thought it would be. But they have to dig that out. No, it can cost up to 4000 to get it installed. That's still less than I thought it would be because you have to have a whole group of guys come around and dig mm. holes in the ground. Mm. 
I can't find, and I did try, how common it is in the UK to have these, but I do know a lot of rural places are still not connected to main sewage. I also read somewhere that some local authorities, not all over here, will empty these things free of charge every two years. So if there's only two of you living in it, and it's a big one, it's quite possible you may make it last two years. Now it's got me wondering about using bio washing washing powder in the washing machine, whether that would... Well, it depends if that goes into the same kind of waste place. It would do. It all gets flooded off into it. We're not connected to the main sewers. Anyway, I know that there's a row of houses actually nearby where Cameron and I live, and I have smelt it going, driving past, and, oh, yeah, they're having the tanks emptied. I think, is it a place that I think of when I drive to the gym? No, it's off towards the motorway. That go That's, towards the motorway. When no, you go north, I go south. Oh, there might be the ones up north as well. They might, yeah. might just be spreading shit on the fields, but either way, something doesn't smell very nice. Yeah. Now, I discovered that these enzymes to, that break stuff di- down in these tanks are, are very finely balanced. But it was, I said you can't use bleach, but apparently it was very common for people to put any dead animal that they found into the tank as it helped speed up the process. Makes sense. You're in well, kind of. Kind Country. of makes sense. Why not? You're introducing more bacteria into a system, and if you're trying to make it break down, we're gonna have more bacteria. It's gonna break down faster. But you're still gonna get the byproduct of excess like gas. Yeah. Build up from that, and, and other processes that are gonna happen with it. But that does make sense to make it go faster. Mm. It's like if you have food in the uh, like a waste bin that hasn't rotted yet, and you put a rotted bit in there, or like a funky banana, the whole thing goes funky straight away. Yeah. Because the bacteria yeah. spreads. Yeah. Back to this farm. Um, apparently the nephew and his wife realised that the septic tank wasn't draining, there was too much fluid in it. Now, David had never had anyone out to empty it. He was a pig farmer, so he had all the equipment to empty it and would choose to do so. Why pay for it if you don't need to? According to him, he said he cleaned the tank out two or three times between 1961 and 1982. That's a really long gap, but that makes me think it was a big old tank and there was only the two of them on the farm. And that old, they probably don't go to the toilet much. And he cleaned it out once between... You smirked there, but no one saw that. She found that funny. (laughs) She just didn't respond. He also cleaned it out once between 1982 and when he sold the house in 2014. So wait, so he cleaned it out in 2014? So this no, bit... no, he cleaned it out once between 1982 and 2014. Oh, okay. So he cleaned it once in 30 years. Okay, because the reason why you said 2014 implies to me that's when he would have cleaned it. Well, he cleaned it, he told his nephew he cleaned it out before he sold the farm to his nephew. So the nephew's thinking, oh, I've got a few years before I need to clean it. Because I'm thinking this guy's in his 80s and yeah. he's cleaning out a, yeah. a, a big... <laughs> well, he's, he's got work. Basically, basically a poo bomb underground he did have he did have one chap that worked on the farm with him and this chap said that he had emptied the tank with him he said but it was never completely emptied he said there was always at least what he thought was about six inches of waste left in the bottom of it and if you're that guy and you don't think anything's funny you wouldn't think anything of that would you exactly so on the 12th of july 2019 the nephew had a a firm come out to empty the tank. The poor lad who was doing it found a blockage and a large clump of hair and some quite large bones. They were too big to be dog bones. I don't need a body shammer. Jeez. And then he found a human and then he found a human skull. 
This guy told the police, I've never been in this situation before and I didn't really know what to do, so I left it to the owner to sort out. He called the police and a short while later, a couple of uniformed police officers arrived. That poor chap had only been doing the job two weeks. Can you imagine? You're calling sick, aren't you? <laughs> you find a new job. I mean, actually, to be fair, if your job's cleaning out septic tanks, etc., then you've probably got a pretty con- strong stomach, pretty good constitution for this kind of thing. Or you've got no sense of smell. Yeah, actually. Yeah. That would be the best job for somebody that's got no sense of smell. Police and various authorities swooped in. They talked to the nephew. They could tell that the bones had been there a very long time. And obviously the nephew knew about missing Auntie Brenda. There was a lot of talk locally that these bones were found in a bag. Do you think it would have been a joke to begin with, whether or not um, Auntie Brenda that went missing is in the septic tank? Obviously, you wouldn't do it within like a certain span of time because that'd be too too much of dark humour. But you, you know, you have like intertalk between certain family members. You think, I... oh, maybe he stuffed her in the tank, and then you find an actual body in there, and you think there was always a joke about Auntie Brenda going missing, and you think, is that wait shit? Is it actually her? You it... you and I would make a joke about that, but I'm not sure that these people had that kind of sense of humour. I really don't think it would have been a kind of conversation that they would have had. They might have done in private with each other. That's but... that's what I mean. Yeah. So the police go off to talk to David. And that's the old farm guy? Yes, that's him. He claims that Fred West abducted and killed Brenda Venables and then found out about the septic tank and put a body in it. He admitted he had no evidence for it, but it was possible, wasn't it? Fred West, the famous Fred and Rosemary West that murdered all those young girls. He just thought Fred West was driving past... It's not that far of a distance. Well, so she, I mean, actually, she probably was youngish at the time, wasn't she? No, she, would have been in no, her 40s. She, she was in her late 40s. She definitely wasn't Fred's type. Oh, I, for fuck's sake, this is going to sound like a really bad joke. You say Fred West. I was thinking John West, but that's Tuna again. I think we've had this conversation before. <laughs> this has been brought up before because I've said this <laughs> and it's not. Because I, I was like, I recognise that name. No, I don't. It's Fish. I don't recognise it. I might, I might recognise the actual case, but I won't know the names. Yeah, you'd, you'd recognise immediately if I showed you a place of a picture of their house. You'd, you'd probably, recognise it. Probably yeah. a famous thing in the UK. Yeah, very. Yeah, they, they, he thought that he somehow they were both asleep in that house and Fred either broke in or Brenda got up and walked out and he got hold of Brenda and murdered her. And, and knew about the septic tank Knew already. about it, yep, and put it in there. And, and then managed to put her in there without waking him up. Mm-hmm. Okay, if he's such a deep sleeper, why did, did they have separate bedrooms? They did. I'll explain yeah, that later. If, if he's such a deep sleeper that they need separate bedrooms, they didn't need to have separate bedrooms if you didn't wake up to that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can imagine the police officer's eyebrows were up in the, you know... There's also an 80-year-old man who's probably senile. Ah, I'll get into that as well. It's a very long track up to this remote farmhouse and the tank was round the back. You just... No. So David's arrested... And then he's released on bail. The problem was there were a few missing women in the surrounding areas. Susie Lamplew, the estate agent for one, she was 25 years old when she vanished in 1986 and was declared dead, presumed murdered in 1994. The prime suspect was a convicted killer, a guy named John Canan, but there was insufficient evidence to prosecute him. And he said that after his mother died, he would tell them what he knew about the case and maybe he could lead them to the body. So, he, so this guy was already sort of in prison or jail yeah, or something. Yeah, he was already in prison. He didn't yeah. want to admit to it whilst his mum was still alive. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but he lied. His mother's been dead years and he still doesn't. I was going to say, that, that's like a weird tear of honour that you have in your head mm. where you're in prison for it, but you wouldn't admit it until your mum's dead. But she thinks you probably thinks you've already done it, so why not? Mm-hmm. Well, it goes quiet for a very long time and the people are gossiping, but also the police are investigating. It seems the villagers were very surprised by Brenda's disappearance. She used to visit her parents for every week. Um, they only lived in a, a village, you know, further up the road. And they never considered that she would hurt herself. She was described as very prim and proper. And they were even more surprised when David started telling some people that Brenda had gone off to live in Spain. No explanation for the what, the why be that one. Then, on the 8th of June, 2022, David Venables, aged 89, is put on trial for the murder of his wife, Brenda, at some point between the 2nd and the 5th of May, 1982. So this is all post-COVID? Yeah. This was weeks ago. The trial was scheduled at the Crown Court at the Worcestershire Hall and Hereford. I've been practising that for days. You know that word that said that you're going to mess up? It was that. What, Worcestershire? Worcestershire, yeah. No, because this is called Worcestershire Hall. It's three separate words. Worcestershire, because a lot of people people can't say Worcestershire. Worcestershire, sure. Worcester. Yeah, most people can't say it. Yeah, no, it's Worcestershire Hall and Hereford. That's the Crown Court it was called. But it was on the books for six weeks, which is a long trial. And this is where it gets really interesting. It's revealed at trial that about three months before her disappearance, Brenda had been treated for depression. She told her psychiatrist how she had a very unhappy marriage. I'm surprised they would have had that. Most people would have considered mental health problems as just, oh, get over it, pick pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Back then, when she would have gone missing, I'm surprised that they would have gone to that. Maybe. She told the doctor how David had had several affairs and they hadn't had sex since 1969 and hadn't slept in the same bed for three years. Brenda also told the doctor how she'd rung the Samaritans as she'd considered committing suicide. There were several occasions which the doctors tried to make appointments to see the couple together, but David repeatedly said he was too busy or outright refused to speak to them. So if a partner says that, the psychiatrist is going to go, oh, they are the problem then. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. So when he was interviewed by the police, David claimed that their marriage had been ordinary and they were still sleeping together. The doctor reportedly tried to have Brenda hospitalised sometime before her death, saying that she was depressed and she needed treatment. She was in a really bad way. But according to notes read out in court, that hospitalisation was blocked by David, who refused to allow it. The doctor called him a typical farmer, displaying little or no affection to his wife, but showering praise on the family dog. You know how I said about the mm-hmm. people not giving it the reverence? Yeah. I mean, I'll kind of write again, wouldn't I? You were. Funny that. You were. It's frustrating when you do it, though, because I'm like, yeah, I've got something further in it about that, but never mind. So during these police interviews, they interviewed him many, many times before it ended up in trial. David told detectives that the reason his wife was depressed was because they were unable to have children. If he wasn't sleeping with them, well, then there wouldn't be any bloody children. They hadn't had sex since 1989, 1969. This is 1982. I and mean, there's very minimal chance, isn't there? Yeah. But the court was also told that Brenda had known about a big affair since 1967 when it had started. 
The woman involved was a carer for David's mother, which is how they met. She left her husband and took her children to live in a caravan, hoping that David would leave his wife for her. But David always said to the woman, we'll see what can be done. And nothing ever happened. She got so depressed over this man, she actually did attempt suicide, this lover of his. If he's so unhappy that he's having... No, no, but no, if he's unhappy in his marriage, yeah. if he's having an affair, multiple affairs, mm. string along, along multiple people, why are you with the person you're in marriage with anyway? I don't, I don't get that. Because you're not happy and... I, just, I don't get it. Personally, I don't, I don't understand the... I think it was, a, a, due to his age, it was a societal thing. You stay with your wife, you do, don't get Do you think divorced. it's a time-sunk fallacy? People think, I've been in this marriage for years, so I'm going to be in it no matter what, even though time in the thing isn't necessarily worth... I think it was also down to money as well. Um, it was 1960 that they got married. This all happened in 1967, so they'd only been married seven years when he started this affair. It was still carrying on... And he didn't want to get divorced, I believe. I don't think the house would probably would have had Brenda's name on it. It was done in such a way. It was back then, women were the property of their husbands. Another reason why he was able to put a stop to her going into hospital. They, they had, that was the time of things. And I think, even though Brenda's name was, probably wasn't on that house, and I can't prove it, he wouldn't have wanted to split any money and she would have been entitled to, to at least half, even yeah. though there were no kids. Yeah. She would have she, been, been taught to half. Yeah. Even though it was a very old, you know, we still... It was tied into his parents. That's yeah. where he got the house, but yeah. Yeah, we've already got the land to build the house, so... This lover of David's went to see Brenda in the 1970s to discuss the situation. The jury heard how during the visit it was very civilised, cordial, and no voices were raised. Brenda told the woman that David would never leave her or divorce her and had other women besides this current lover that was sat in her living room. David walked in on this chat, so obviously he knew Brenda knew about all his infidelities. He even drove his lover home afterwards and that affair was still going on in 1981, the year before Brenda disappeared. By now... The other woman had remarried again, but the marriage had ended after a few months and she went back to David, who she said had begged to resume it. In police interviews in 1983, so a year after Brenda went missing, David said his relationship with his wife was perfectly normal and had been so throughout their marriage. He said he and his wife had slept apart for a period of a few weeks when he had an injury to his back, but then otherwise... They slept together, which differs from what Brenda told her psychiatrist. In 1984, David was interviewed again. And at that point, he admitted his affair with at least two other women. He claimed Brenda knew about his infidelities, and I agree she would have known. He would also claim about the affair with his mother's carer, saying it only went on for maybe a year. It hadn't, it went on for many years and was sexual only on a couple of occasions. He also kept changing his account to the police of whether his wife knew about the relationship. So he's flip-flopping. Probably, if you're going to be a liar, you've got to have a really good memory, as they say. 
The police had done DNA tests on the bones found in the, the um, septic tank and they used Brenda's sister. She had two sisters. They used her, their DNA, confirmed it was her. But there was no way of determining her cause of death, not least that a hyoid bone was missing, the one in the throat that normally breaks if you're, um, when it, you're strangled. Yeah, if you're strangled, not when you're hung or hanged. Yeah. They did find some things that the enzymes didn't get. Half a pair of knickers... A bra, tights, a sweater, and leather shoes. So, clothing basically. Clothing. So she, she could have gotten up and gotten dressed and got out. You know. And dove in the septic tank. Well, David was asked by interviewing officers about any personal effects she had left behind, with him recalling that she had removed her engagement ring and placed it on the bedside table. He's trying to correct the narrative of she. Did it herself, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, this engagement ring was a little bit different. They wanted to know where it was. And he said, I gave it to Mrs. Morgan's daughter probably three to four years ago. Mr. and Mrs. Morgan, I went to school with her father. So I thought, just let her have it. They were good friends. The ring wasn't valuable, although he didn't know how much the band made of gold with the diamond had cost. Although he remembered that they'd gone to buy it together. The officer then asked, why would you give a ring away which had so much sentimental value? Your wife had gone missing and you gave her ring away. He replied, well, the disappearance was over 30 years ago. I thought about selling it, but didn't. Also, if it was genuine and she's disappeared, you could have resentment and anger towards them for having essentially run away. Mm. So I could, I could get behind that almost. Yeah. If you're annoyed with someone because you've loved them and they've left you randomly, you're going to be annoyed, aren't you? And having the ring there as a memory of that might annoy you and you might want to get rid of it. So giving it to a friend, they're going to get more value from it. It gets removed from your life. That's not necessarily my take, but that makes sense. Yeah, but he had it for 30 years. I could have understood that reaction in the first couple of weeks. Um, Or or it could be the more he's thought about it. Now, I'm I'm trying to create the position of this is genuine, that she did actually run away. What would his thought process be? And it could be after 30 years... He's over it. He's the anger maybe has subsided. Give the ring away. Mm. I can get behind that. That's I don't think that's too crazy to think of. He also claimed to have twice seen police searching the tank, which others at the time described it as being in a rough and wild area in the garden, a few dozen yards from the farmhouse's back door. He said the site of the tank was virtually clear. And on one occasion, he saw policemen with a rod prodding at the tank several weeks after Brenda had vanished. He said, I actually saw him searching it. Policemen came to the door. I've searched the tank and I'm quite satisfied there's nothing in there. But unfortunately, I've dropped the lid in there. He then said he replaced the access cover with a paving slab for safety as there was a public footpath within a few feet of the tank, adding if it's not sealed, you get the smell coming out of it. That paving slab is still there in the pictures that the police took. So did the police drop the tank, the the lid in? No. At trial, they got all the notes from all the police officers and uh, talked to all the police officers that were still alive that they could still find from (laughs) back then. That's the way of getting away with the murder. Just outlive everyone that was there to investigate. (laughs) Well, you're not. I, I don't think you're far wrong on that. They asked all these police officers and they said, we didn't even know there was a septic tank. Why would we have known this septic tank? Turned out there were townies like me. I wouldn't have thought. It wouldn't have been my first thought. No, you're not going to jump to that because no. it's not normal. No. And 
David never told them about the tank. They never searched it. They didn't search it. He said that the policeman said he dropped the lid in. I read some things about wet, how the lids are formed. They're not, they're not circular usually. They're square shape or oblong shape. So you could inadvertently drop the thing in. That's why manhole covers are circular because yep. of pi 3.14. They can't fall in on itself. Yep. If it's square, you just rotate it and obviously then it can fall down. Yeah. That, from what was said that and from what the judge infers later on, it's believed that he used the manhole cover to weight Brenda's body down inside the tank. And that paving slab that he put on top of it is still there. They never replaced it. I think it's a tight wood, but yeah. So David's defence, his barrister tried that she committed suicide by jumping into the tank and then pulled the, the lid over it and somehow another policeman dropped the lid in on top of her. Yep. And he also tried that a friend of hers thought that she had drowned herself in a water barrel. There was no dead bodies in any water barrels anywhere. Why? What? As ways to go, septic tank drowning is probably one of the worst ones. You would have thought, yeah. It also sprang to mind for me the what's known as the Cecil Hotel murder, Elisa Lam. You've got no idea no. what that is, but I suspect that a lot of listeners will know this case. You know you can make up names, don't you? And I would not have like, yeah, that's a murder. Yeah, that, that's, not... that's a murder. That, that could happen, no. sure. Well, Elisa Lamb was the strange one. The Cecil Hotel, as it's known, all the residents of the hotel started complaining that the water was either tasted funny, looked funny, or smelt funny. So they sent a maintenance worker up to the roof and they found a naked dead girl in the water tank. And then evidence came out of um, her being in a lift and they wondered if she was trying to pay, play the elevator game. Whereas if you say things... What do you mean? It's, it's a bit like the one um, you say such and such words so many times and then you press buttons in a certain order and then you, the doors open, you can step out into an alternate universe. Uh, okay, uh, okay yeah. sure. She was actually mentally ill and she'd been off yeah. the meds. <laughs> what I found out researching this one is the thing that everybody misses when they cover that case and all the, all the big podcasts have done it, that all speculating how she ended up naked and dead in this water tank with a cover over the top. It's never reported at the time, but it is reported later. The maintenance I've guy... I've heard about this. Wasn't, isn't, wasn't this done as a documentary or something on yes, Netflix? Yes, yeah. Because I've heard about this. Yeah, the maintenance guy had later admits to the police that he'd been up on the roof previously, seen the lid up and closed it, and forgot about it. So she could have jumped in there... He, he didn't do anything wrong by closing no, the lid. No, but it's led to this speculation for many, many years that there is some nefarious or supernatural reason why Elisa Lamb... Well, we Lam can rule out supernatural. It we? was the fact that this guy put the lid back, up, lid back on. But obviously, in David's case, he dropped the lid in on her to keep her down, I think. None of David's excuses were sticking... And the jury started deliberating and took 16 hours and 43 minutes over four days. And on Friday, July the 15th, 2022, was convicted of murder by a 10 to 2 majority. On Wednesday, the 20th of July, 2022, David was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 18 years. He was 89 he will be 107 years old before he can apply for parole. So I have a couple of questions. You said a 10 to 2 majority. This yes. this isn't UFC scorecard. How can you have a 10 to 2 
majority. I thought it has to be a... No, it doesn't have to be unanimous if the judge allows it. Because isn't it within a reasonable doubt? And if those two people have a reasonable doubt, then I'll be like, well... The, the judge can sometimes allow it, and it depends on what count that they allow. Don't forget the judge can meet with the jurors individually in the chambers. We won't and, ever and know... And get th their reason why they think he didn't do it. Okay. Yeah, and they see reports that we will never see. Yeah, I, I didn't know that because I'm thinking they're 10 to 2 majority. I don't understand how that would yeah. work in the Apparently, court as he system. Apparently, as he was being taken away, he was shouting, no, 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 as they carted him off. No, don't do it. Yeah. And you said it's, it's going to be 107 when he gets released. No. No, no, so no. Uh, the opportunity for parole. Yeah. I think he's going to live to that. I Because I, he's outliving everyone that was involved in this. Well, I I believe that he... It was 90 and he survived COVID. He managed to be a farmer for 110 years. He's going to be able to... He's going to outlive the prison system. I think he was one of these... Well, we'll get into it probably later. But at the moment, my, my thoughts are that he figured he would be dead before anybody found her her body and he would get away with it. The fact that the nephew decided to get the tank cleaned five years after they'd moved in. I mean, he did it twice over a 30-year yeah. period. He probably didn't think anybody else would need to clean it. Yeah, I've done it already. You don't need to do it for another 30 years. By that point, I'll be 105 and go through my midlife crisis. You don't need to empty it by that point. He also tried. You were right. You, you, you made a, a crack about it. Over the intervening years and then in the final three years before it actually went to trial, when he's been, you know, spoken to by the police, he tried to angle that he had dementia. But the police were having none of it. It was it was obvious he was fully compass mentis. But he was he was trying every single yeah, to get little, away with little it. thing, yeah. The judge told David, who showed no emotion that he was responsible for many aspects of his wife's mental illness. And for the motive for the murder, she told him, I'm sure you killed Brenda Venables to remove her from your life and the complications she may have presented to you in any divorce proceedings. There is no doubt an element of greed and selfishness. The judge added, I do not accept that your life expectancy may be short. The judge also rejected the defence claims that the killings had been carried out in the heat of the moment, telling, him, telling David that the whole process of disposing of the body in the septic tank and then leaving no trace must have required considerable planning. I disagree on that one. What, that it requires considerable planning? Yeah, considerable. I, I, it's one of those things, I think, if you know that that thing's there, you might have been thinking it's about it. It's required planning because he's intentionally drained it, dumped it, drained it off again to a certain level had a farmer hand that won't ask questions. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He, he has planned, but yeah, I get what you mean. It's not to a considerable level. Mm. The judge also told him, you killed Brenda Venables in her own home where she was recuperating with an injured leg and suffering from depression. You were Brenda's husband. She should have been able to trust you. Your complete lack of respect for Brenda is obvious from your decision to dispose of her body in the septic tank. The fact is... That is what you did with her body is disgusting and repulsive. Think about it. Every time he flushes the toilet, he's shitting on Brenda. Yeah. I think it was deliberate. Some people might be expecting me to make a joke on that, but I won't because it's in bad taste to make a mm. joke on that. But yeah, I, I get it. and you aren't making a joke there, but it's literally no. it. That's pretty what he is seeing yeah. or thinking. Yeah. So this judge, she but basically went ham. She went in on him. Oh, yeah. 
this is a real sentence in our boys. I like this judge. She's she's actually sentenced him like that old that old woman who got six and a half minutes in prison because she was eighty and she thought oh they're gonna and then she lived to be three thousand. She's like fucking Gandalf. She's living forever. Yeah. This, I was this, thinking about that this when judge I did was like, this one. I, don't, I don't care, motherfucker. I don't care, you old and dusty. Just because you got a bus pass, don't mean you're not getting sentenced to prison. Well, he showed no emotion through the judge's sentencing remarks, but apart from shouting no after he was carted out. Because when he dies, he's going to turn into ash and he's going to be reborn because he's going to live forever. He doesn't care. Well, her family, Brenda's family, she's got to say she had these two sisters and there are other relatives around there. They believed it was a domestic violence situation. And as we said, coercive control wasn't a thing. And the fact that David stopped Brenda getting help for a depression is still seen as subservient. And that's how he was able to put a stop to it. So, I'm surprised he didn't use the pigs as a means to get rid of them. Oh, that's where I was going with yeah. all of it. But I also found something else out why they didn't probably do it. Why? Because pigs apparently can't eat long bones. So they wouldn't be able to eat leg bones or That's not femurs. what I heard. You just take out the teeth. Because it's, bad. it's that, bad for the piggies' little stomachs. No, they also can't manage skulls. You have to crush and break bones. But then you can fit. So if you threw a skeleton, threw a body into the pigs, they would eat all the soft tissue. And then they'd eat all the small bones. And then they would struggle with the big ones. So you'd either have to hoit the bones out and smash them and then feed them back to the pigs again. This is really gruesome. I, I, I don't think it's gruesome. Um, and you'd have to smash the skull up. There was a case that I was considering doing, but mm, didn't bother. What were those pigs used for? Were they for slaughter? Yes. That's weird, isn't it? Yes. Because you'd feed those. You'd eat, you'd eat a pig as eight people. Yes. Yeah. Well, there was a, another pig farmer that I found. It was a UK case. And he kept, he threatened his first wife that he was going to cut her up and feed her to the pigs. His second wife went missing and he th- the first wife told the police about the threat. So the police actually went and digging around in the pigs. Pig yeah, yeah. And they did DNA tests on it and they couldn't find any of her DNA there. I'm, I'm not going to do the, the quote again, brick top from Snatch. Be wary of a man that has pigs. Yeah. Because they can get rid of you pretty quick. Yeah, and the case I'm going to do next week, pigs has been fundamental in that case. I remember I was a I was quite young child when this case came up, and pigs were always in it. But literally in the last six weeks or so, there's been a a change in the case. So that one will be interesting. Back to this one, I don't get why David did it. I don't know whether he, he lost his temper. Um, he said Brenda knew. He said that he would never divorce her. Maybe they had an argument. She did threaten it. Um, yeah. We can only speculate on why he does did it, but I guess that's the point of this podcast. Yeah. No police dogs are ever trained to sniff out cadavers covered in shit. So it's a fairly safe bet that the dogs would never have alerted on the cesspit, would they? He was also known to the workers on the farms as Dirty Dave. He was well known for tomcatting about. The workers also said that they were never asked by him to help look for Brenda when she first went missing, which they they were surprised. That former lover, that one that the affair had gone on with for 14 years and according to him wasn't serious, she'd given a very extensive interview to the police in the 1980s, but had died in 2014, I think. But they had been able to use her written statements in court, which surprised me. I don't know how they were allowed to use that because you're not, normally allowed to do that because they can't cross-examine can yeah they? no so the, would the 
um, the evidence that she gave would that have been circumstantial, not to be considered by the jury? But it's a. It I, may well have been. I don't know how. I don't know how. No, it, was. it was before. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I, that surprised me that they were allowed to use that. Or is statement. it in like post sentencing? This, this that's sort of ret- retroactively affirming it. Could have been, yeah. According to David, though, this lover at one point had turned up at his house and said, now you're on your own, I'm moving in with you. And his reaction, well, I can't have that. He, he just didn't want to answer to anybody. I think he just wanted to live his life. There's also no statute of limitations on murder in the UK, which is why they were able to get him after 40 years, which surprised me. Brenda's name had been added to her parents' gravestone at the St. Michael's Church in Rushock and recorded her year of death as 1982. They, they did that a few years after she went missing. They knew they had no body, but they said it was a way of remembering her. And a pe- um, I think her mother died a few years after she, Brenda had gone missing. Hopefully now her family have been able to inter her remains with her parents... I'm sure they don't want her anything anywhere near David. But like you say, David's going to live till he's 3,000 years old, probably. Outlive the sun, mm. yeah. So finally, the victim who should not be forgotten, Brenda Venables, aged 48. And that is the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Murder Me Monday Podcast. Email us at murdermemondaypodcast at gmail.com. If you know about a septic tank or have had a septic tank explode, please tell me and send pictures because that will be funny. <laughs> seeing, <laughs> seeing fucking f- shit on fire raining down from the sky, that'll be funny. Find us on Patreon, link in the show notes below, and we'll see you next time. Much love, peace. Bye.